just like we all predicted coming into the season, it all comes down to this. Shane Bieber on the mound with a chance to bring the Guardians home some hardware. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. On today's show, we have uh, a game to talk about. Nice to say, this week it feels like there are not many games. Uh, For any of you who are new with the uh, Fast Channels format, I am Jeff Ellis. Been here since the beginning of the baseball network at Locked On. Uh, Before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at 24-7 and Scout. And before that, I wrote at, I think I was the first writer brought on uh, at Indians Prospect Insider back in the day. Uh, before that I, I wrote on MySpace for a time. That is, that's the first place I ever published articles was, was on MySpace. I do remember that. I am that old. Justin, take it away. Oof. God, I don't want to go back to the beginnings with me, but, uh, I, I just came up on a year here. I think I, I think I came in literally after the, the guardians clinched the division last year. So I think I just hit my one year anniversary here. So I don't know if we can find a cake in the freezer or some champagne to pop. We'll see. Maybe there's some. Some celebration cake to go through from a year ago. Um, let's see. I spent. I, I I'm old enough to have written for Bleacher Report before it got big. If anybody remembers that, when it was like a small little nothing site, I left thinking it was going to be nothing, and I still don't really have high regard for Bleacher Report. But I was also at Indians Prospect Insider slash Indian. Well, I shouldn't say I was never at Indians Prospect Insider. I was at Indians. It was Indians Baseball Insider as the editor after Jeff was long gone. Cause I didn't want to work with Jeff, obviously. And then I got stuck doing this podcast with him. I don't uh, no. actually <clears throat> know what is happening with Bleacher Report with the guardians. This is going to make me go look for things now. Like I, you don't want to go there, believe me. Yeah. Then I became the editor of Indians baseball insider slash guardians, baseball insider. And I've been with the, the news Herald in different roles since 2015. Yeah. 2015 now covering the Guardians minor league system and at Prospects Live. So all over the map. You yeah, I, uh, you know, the thing I'll say is I do miss the golden days of like when you were at, it's pronounced Lajue on ESPN, right? I've, I've been, I've been really at every, everywhere, but it's, it's pronounced like, Lajue, fan sided. But it's like, there I've was that go- golden era where like I was at IBI or IPI, you were there. There was like seven or eight really strong, Guardians was a burning river baseball at one point Burning river and you know did the tribe win last night and waiting for next year and I mean I I wrote it the at um was it, yeah the Cleveland, Cleveland fan. fan yeah before yeah. before they the network got sold and that went under I had stuff up here on there that they you know but there was really a nice run for a time there where there was a really good run of like you could go and read it like five different sites really interesting really fun content and now I feel like there's maybe two or three places that I even know exist. And it's, it just stinks. Mm-hmm. I, I hate this kind of collapse of print media. Now get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> and let's talk about it's not yeah, even print got- media. What am I saying? I hate the collapse of internet blogging where now everything's videos. Why all this YouTube? I'm kidding. Um, Pivot to video. Right. That never. Yeah. Well, Lucas Giolito obviously didn't want the most invaluable player of the Ohio cup, which is fair because 
he has not been around long enough to earn it. I'm going to quiz you, Jeff, on the Ohio Cup, by the way. We're going to see how good your Ohio Cup trivia is today. So the Guardians, whoever, win, whoever wins on Wednesday takes home the Ohio Cup in 2023. Jeff, when was the last time the Ohio Cup was won outright? I will tell you this. It's been tied a couple times. And the tie always remains with the uh, previous winner. So 2020. Did you look that up? No, that's a guess. Wow. Typical <laughs> teacher does well I, on tests. I was just like, well, okay. So the way you're talking, it's not last year. It's not the year before that. It's either, you know, so that means it's not 22 or 21. I was like, 2020 was a weird year. And Cincinnati made the playoffs, but they had like a, you know, it was expanded playoffs. Well, they had it was expanded playoffs and they had that late run. Like they were kind of almost viewed as dead at the trade deadline. And so, who they won the Ohio Cup far. in 2020? I feel like it was Cleveland. It was wrong? Three, yeah. three to one. That because, was the last time somebody yeah, won it since, outright. I just remember covering that series, doing this this podcast and being like, I mean, this Cincinnati team is, is dead in the water and they've traded everything for this run and they're not going to get anything out of it and do it, giving them a big post mortem. And then, you know, when, uh, then Trevor Bauer learned how to properly um you know scuff baseballs and use uh foreign substance and it, it's cr- go and look at his data everyone who still like throughout this offseason like go sign trevor bauer it's like before he was damaging baseballs that guy was lucky to be a two-win pitcher every year in terms of war like he was not he had one season in cleveland i believe above two and a half like he was a a four yeah it was for most of his run here honestly when was the last time the reds won the ohio cup uh 2017, 2019, 18, 2014. So the wow. Guardians slash Indians wow, wow, wow. have uh, have an eight year run to defend here. The Reds last one in 2014, winning three games to one. Since then, the Indians slash Guardians have won 9, 10, 11, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. They've won, yeah, 20, 23. 25, 26 straight, 26 victories in the last uh, eight years for the Ohio Cup. So, so they're going to lose because looking at how they face the Tigers and the Royals and the teams they dominated this year, right? Uh, it's been the right. opposite. Well, the Reds are a better baseball team than Cleveland this year. Cleveland has played up to its competition and played down to its competition. So, in theory, they should play better. And and do you think do you think the players want to send Tito out at home on a, on a positive note? You know, they are going to honor him. On Wednesday, they're going to have T-shirts. They're going to have the tribute video. So the players are going to want to. Shane Bieber is going to want to go out there and pitch a great game for himself and for Tito. Yeah, the team that has pressed all year, operating well under pressure. So that more or less seals the loss. Can we we also talk about the fact that like this team is still the team that has managed to get two sweeps all year, and the Kansas City Royals managed to do that in one week. In one week, last week, the Royals got as many sweeps as Cleveland has gotten all year. and there are still people who sit back and you know talk about this or that. It's like this is not a good team. You, you don't get up to eighth in the draft pick order when you're a good team. This team has struggled so much throughout this year, and tonight was a perfect encapsulation. Where even when the offense performs, the usual suspects in the bullpen crap the bed. The you know yeah. the starter was not good. Giolito, I mean, he's been, what, every other start almost. It feels like half of his starts have been good, half have been not good. This is a guy who's probably still going to get top, a contract. top yeah. three money in free agency among starters because there's no starters to be had. 
It's yeah. him and Aaron Nola. Yeah. And Blake Snell. Uh, and I, I saw a great tweet today that's like, you know, Blake Snell is going to be the first guy to win a side young in both leagues. And then whatever team signs him in free agency, the fan base is just going to be terrified because of his health issues. Like it's going to be, it's, it's a Good weird. Keep him under six innings. Clearly the data shows that Kevin Cash was right. It didn't work out in 2020, yeah. but the data shows it works. No, that's data approach, shows but... us that Andre Semedes had a great night. Uh, Bo Naylor is that had the a end of night. his career or career? Is that the end of his year? Wow, his career got dark fast. <laughs> there we go. That's there's our there's Andres Jimenez career over. That's that's we. I just gave you the title for the get some one SEO. Out, great. Well, that's not the SEO we're going to want. By the way, that's not good. But uh, yeah, he fouled the ball at the inside of his knee. He had to come out, and then Gabby Arias was out before that with a uh, a, ri- a wrist slash hand thing. He lost the bat twice in the same at bat. So clearly, something was going on with that Isn't hand. That the that hand finger. that he. Was that the hand he got hit by a pitch in? Right? Yeah. So yeah. clearly something's going on there. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Wednesday that you see uh, Brian Rocchio up because, and this will be, yeah. this could give the Guardians a, uh, an excuse to IL Gavin Williams, maybe, or just uh, whatever. They, I can't, they can't option, option him down because that would be a, a very clearly a, um, would cause a, a violation or some sort of a. I just wonder if Gabby gets like. DL, like I, if could like, be, yeah, that could be. Can't even I mean, hold a bat. Both of them being, yeah, both of them being hurt. I would think would Rokio would need to come up to give them some clearance for the final uh, four games of the season, just to be safe. I hope you hope Jimenez can play again because he's really finished the year on a very, very yeah. strong note. Um, and I know people were early in the year that I mean, and, and look, we we said the other day about the September with the BABIP and. What he's doing isn't sustainable in, in September, but at least he has shown improvements. And I think you feel pretty solid about him going into next year. And Bo Naylor, a home run and a walk tonight. Um, he has caught his brother Josh in F4 at 2.4 in half the games. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that is because Josh has negative defensive value because first basemen don't accrue any defensive value, truthfully, almost any. But uh, 10 home runs gives Bo the most home runs by a Cleveland catcher since. Austin Hedges did it in 2019, but uh, before that, it was 19 by Perez in 2019. So it's been a long time. And again, 64 games, 10 home runs. That's that's pretty darn good. And defensively, things were a bit a bit tight on on Tuesday night. I mean, the the Reds were able to steal a bunch of bases. There were a couple of balls that got away. Stuff that can be improved, but offensively, easily the Guardians, Cleveland's best offensive catcher since Carl Santana. And again, I'll say I know I know you said the other night about how he, had he played an extra month, he might have still struggled. But if you add like 200 at bats to his line, I kind of wonder if he ends up being in line for Rookie of the Year discussion. Although Gunnar Henderson was probably always going to win this award. Let's be honest. Okay. Uh. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, it's a heck of a year. It, it one can make an interesting uh, debate over. Listen, it's Tanner Bybee is this team's rookie of the year, but you can at least make a debate, which is interesting and promising. Because at the same time, we just got done talking about how Bybee is like the best pitcher this team has had as a rookie since Herb Score, and now we're saying that Bo Naylor at least makes it a debate. So that just speaks to both of them. Speaking of things, Supported. we need to. We need to speak to. I know we have to take a break here, and you want to tell us all about our new sponsors in a moment, right?
look, you don't have to choose between hair growth and your health. Uh, if you're one of those people out there losing your hair, hey, wearing hats, never know it's going to happen. Uh, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. It's drug-free patented technology, provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your health, uh, supports healthy hair growth by targeting the root cause, such as thinning, thinning is stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, metabolism through whole body health, and it works. Clinical study, 84% of men showed improvements in their hair after six months after taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code MLB. So find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals have recommended Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-L-O-L dot com slash men. Enter that promo code locked on. Use the promo code locked on. That's neutrafall.com slash men. Guardians broadcast will have all of the action in the final game of the Ohio Cup. Shane Bieber trying to bring some hardware home for the Guardians at 610 on Wednesday listen to all the action on your serious xm app just search guardians that's against andrew abba the reds and uh tito's final home game uh it's going to be quite the end of an era i'm very curious to see how this goes um you know tito's not one of the guys that wants a whole lot of fanfare he's being a player's first manager to the end zach meisel once again dropped a great article on us today um just kind of going through the history mandy bell had a good one too for lb.com just talking about his journey in baseball and the legacy he's leaving. Uh, obviously, there were there were good and bad moments throughout his career. Like you can look at it multiple ways, right? You can look at it as you know he did end the Red Sox drought. He wasn't able to help end the uh, Cleveland's baseball drought, obviously. But they got to the World Series. That was the only year they won a playoff series. They you know they made the playoffs in 2013, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2020, and 2022. They, they did win a series in 2022. So that's a lie. So they did win a series in 2022. But the only time they got out of the first round uh, was 2022 and 2016. But hard to argue that things haven't at least been changed for the better. I mean, you can argue the minutia of day-to-day stuff, decisions. Um, but hard to argue the last 10 years of baseball have not been good to watch. They've, they've been good because they've been to the playoffs Multiple times they've had some good seasons, and you know he's got he's got a winning record. They've generally run this division in that time, the most division titles in the last ten years in the division, I believe, right? Yeah, and, and I think the other thing, you know, as much as we want to sit back and be like, "Hey, uh, they've only won two. it's like we don't know what would have happened if they weren't, you know, all the cheating, right? You know, they ran that year that they set the record Astros. for most wins in a row. They then faced an Astros team, and you know, I no, that was, was that was 2017. They, they, they faced the, the Astros Yankees? in 2018. Yeah, oh, the that. Yankees were doing some form of cheating, but but then it was also I don't know, that's still the year that drives me insane because that's the year they didn't throw Carlos Carrasco twice, even though he's the best pitcher down the stretch, right? Yeah, and Kluber and, was not 100, percent and they threw him uh, twice. Edwin and Brantley were hurt. Yeah, Chisholm Hall wasn't 100, percent so yeah, they weren't 
they weren't really healthy in 2017. So, and they weren't, you know, they weren't healthy in 2016 either. They just rode the right combination. Yeah. That 2016 no season. Left. That, that's the I most know. incomprehensible one with all the pitching injuries. I at least say this. I know there's people out there who say they don't like how Francona has handled a bullpen. How he handled the entire pitching staff, everything in 2016, is the only reason they got to the playoffs or they got to the World Series in 2016. They didn't have, you know, they had three starters. They had Kluber, they had Josh Tomlin and Trevor Bauer, and then obviously Trevor Bauer had his drone incident in the uh, the ALCS. Contrary to popular belief, a lot of people say that ruined the, the, the World Series for Cleveland. Bauer only got knocked out of that one game. And they won that yeah. game. It was a bullpen yeah. game. And then he pitched again after that. And he actually pitched okay in the World Series. Not great, but no. um, that didn't but, cost them. Not having said, Brasco, he was, he was, he was a, Salazar. He was their fourth best starter then. Like, he was not good. He was just, he was passable. You know, he was a solid starter. He wasn't anything to write home about. So without Salazar, without Carrasco, that team was had no business getting as far as it did. Yeah. I mean, have, having a bullpen of Cody Allen and and – Andrew Miller and Brian Shaw to go to, he could easily lean on Andrew Miller the way he wanted to. If you don't have that set up, then you can't do it. But hard to, I mean, obviously Andrew, Andrew Miller won the ALCS in, in, in that, that season. You don't see a lot of relievers doing that. And that had a lot to do with his usage. Uh, just a lot of win probability added the guardian Cleveland, the Indians don't make the world series that year without Andrew Miller. And they don't do it without Tito putting him in those spots. And I remember the quote from Jason Kipnis saying, it was like against Minnesota and it was like August after they had gotten Miller and he was coming in the sixth inning and Jason Kipnis was really confused about why he was coming in the sixth inning. And I remember the quote was just, Tito you know, telling him just you wait and see how we're going to do this. And, you know, wasn't the plan to do without Carrasco at that point. Wasn't the plan to do without Salazar at that point, but you know, he still made it work. The team believed in him. Uh, you know, the, the decision to put Carlos Santana lead off was, was ingenious, right? He did that. That was, it was. Uh, yeah, it, that went it, very well. It's weird. It's like the only time they really kind of did something that with a lineup where they went like against almost like heavy analytical. Like at the time it was like, this is an, you know, the ultimate analytical move, putting someone like him who gets on base and has some power. You actually want some power in the lead off spot. You actually want someone who can get on base. It's like, yeah. base. and Santana was a smart base runner. He wasn't yeah. fast, but he was a smart base runner. He just had a good baseball IQ and he, he played left field in the world series. I mean, he really did get a lot out of that team. Um, I heard a quote from today on Jason Stark's podcast, Starkville talking about, you know, he hasn't used the retired word yet, but he definitely is going to like, he's done enough media at this point to know he's going to do it. Talking about getting off season surgeries and what comes next year. And he said, you know, I'm going to get healthy this off season and we'll see what comes next. He did mention about him being part of the organization on there that, He'll talk to Antonetti and Turnoff about, you know, other stuff. And it sounds like he may have some sort of advisor role in the future with Cleveland. And like we said before, I think that uh, there's a relationship there. There's a relationship and it's not, again, I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to pick the next manager, obviously, but I think I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Antonetti and Turnoff um, lean on him for a little bit of advice on, on the next manager, what he, at least see what he thinks, because, Let's be honest, their managerial picks in this organization before Tito were uh, Manny Act and Eric Wedge. They did win the Eric with Eric Wedge one season, but the culture has changed since Tito got here, and they've been good since then. Um, even without 
the best rosters. I mean, they nobody thought coming into last year they were going to win the division. And then 2016, you know, 2013 was a surprise at the end. 2016 was kind of a surprise. And then they crushed everything in 2017 in the second half. They got through it in 2018 with kind of a, a roster that was kind of coasting, waiting to get to work, get to the playoffs. Yeah. And they, they won 93 games in 2019 by playing, who was it, uh, at the end of the season? Ryan Flaherty and uh, a bunch of randos at the end. And that was the most wins by a non-playoff team in the wildcard era. Uh, since 2005 when the Indians also did it. So, you know, the times the times have been good here for all the things you can nitpick and the, the decision-making, the lineups, and the bullpen stuff sometimes. Uh, more good baseball than bad, and, and I think by a lot. 100%. So things have definitely changed for the better, and you hope that they continue that culture. I did see Zach say on, on radio that he thinks they'll hire from the outside. That's that's um, what I've been saying as well. If you Yeah. If you know, like, I think I think they're going to be from the outside. But it's interesting that, to say that because this is a team that when they've lost Derek Falvey, when they've lost um, Carter Hawkins, they've promoted from within, right? So they continue to promote from within. But in this case, they might people think they might look outside. So I think it's just yeah. an interesting juxtaposition to but what hey, they've done versus thinking they'll hire from with, with the external this time. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be who we talked about on uh, – you can go back and listen to that show where I, I talked about an external candidate who's a – Kind of an internal, internal candidate as well. This is true. Go back and listen to that. We'll tell you where you can listen to that. And we will tell you more about Tanner Bowie's Rookie of the Year push um, and some stuff we didn't get to from yesterday on the Padres coming up. Hello to all of our listeners here. And I'm going to pull out the actual, I have my Jace case. What do you get in a Jace case? What specific medications do you get? Well, I have a ciprofloxacin, uh, substitute for Cipro. I have a substitute for Augmentin, a substitute for Flagal, and a substitute for Lime Pack. You can go look and see what those are if you want more information, but these are all antibiotics. What I have here is a container full of life-saving antibiotics with a booklet that tells me what I can use them for and what situations and what things they are helpful. If you want to take control of you know, your health, if you want to take control uh, of your ability to deal with pain, to deal with infection, or if you just want to have something on hand in case you are, let's say, traveling somewhere, you're going out of the country or you're going to maybe do some kind of like uh, roughing it for a, a, you know, travel the Appalachian Trail. Something like that. It's good to have antibiotics at hand. And that's what Jace Medical is providing. They're giving you the ability to get life-saving antibiotics to, you know, a doctor looks over your data, make sure that everything is good. It's all above board and it's fantastic. You can get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today with Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout at Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Six ten, the old, the final battle for the Ohio Cup, winner take all matchup on Wednesday at six ten. You can listen to Tom Hamilton and uh, Jim Rosenhouse call all the action on your Sirius XM app. Just search Guardians. Uh, the Athletic from Ken Rosenthal's column today also had a a note in there about Tanner Bybee's Rookie of the Year candidacy and. I was just looking on on Fangraphs too to see what the updates are. So Josh Young hasn't been all that good since he's come back. He's been pretty 
hasn't really improved his numbers. Anything they've actually gone down. Um, Tanner Bybee, again, I've pointed this out before, but if you look at if you look at minimum 100 innings pitched in the uh, the season, Tanner Bybee is 19th in FIP. There's no pitcher even clo- rookie pitcher close. I'm sorry, Kodai Senga, no AL rookie pitcher close to him um, in that leaderboard. So he is up there with a lot of great names, just not even rookies in general, but he is also seventh overall in ERA, minimum 100 innings at at 298. Um, He is just behind Kodai Senga there. Sonny Gray, Garrett Cole, I've mentioned this before, Blake Snell, all guys that are in the conversation for Cy Young. He is right up there. Look, Gunnar Henderson's going to win this race running away. It might even be an Amnes, honestly. I think the AL, and if I had a rookie of the year vote, I think I, on either league, I would vote for Gunnar number one. I would vote for Carroll number one, and it would be, I think it should be unanimous. But, uh, you know, you talked about Tristan Cassis, maybe. I He hasn't played. He's been hurt. I know he's got the 24 home runs. I know he's got the big market thing, but um, he's got a little more volume. But, you know, first base, 1.7. Will Masataka Yoshida get some votes? He only had a half a win this year. So he probably won't get any votes, truthfully at all. I think we'll get some from Boston. I mean, he's gonna. So get may, maybe he, maybe him and, and Cassis split a little bit. But I think people are coming around. I think Tanner Bybee is going to wind up number two in this thing, I, unless unless Josh Young has an incredible final weekend. I know. I, I don't think Cassis is going to finish number two. I think he's a clear number three, if not number four. Um, the only thing I wonder about is Josh Young. Is again, he was an All Star, a starter. By, by fan vote and he's going to be on a playoff team. That's the only thing to me that I we don't know. I don't know who has rookie of the year votes and you never know what people value when, what demographic they're in, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know, but I, I see more people coming around to the, the push. I'd like to see the guardians um, social media and just in general, maybe make a bigger push for Tanner Bobby for rookie of the year. I know it goes against the, um, benefit of the organization but hey if you finish a second rookie of the year voting it at least maybe brings the guardians to the table to offer an extension sooner than later so they can get that hammered out and done that would be a good thing for everybody to get him extended sooner than later yeah and you know and he was an older player when he was drafted so i think there's always you know as much as there's tendency to be like oh yeah it's not going to happen i i think there's still a chance for someone like him. Uh, you definitely want to get them sooner and later. Listen, he's top three candidate, no doubt. And as I talked about earlier, he's the best rookie pitcher they've had since Herb score. So uh, yeah, get it done. Like this is a special season for him. It's probably, yeah, he's still got more room for growth. It should only get better from here. So absolutely. It should uh, very quickly. I didn't get to this yesterday. I had something else on the list. I wanted to talk about too, but uh, we didn't get to this yesterday. So, there was an article from the San Diego Union Tribune, I think. Is yeah, Kevin Aker over there was the you know a, a known known writer, uh, respected yeah. guy. So he is saying that the, it's possible the Padres are going to want to cut some payroll. So they came into the season with a two hundred fifty million dollar payroll. They want to get down to two hundred next year. There's some talk about AJ Preller being on the hot seat. Um, look, this is not a good roster. I think it's a good top-heavy roster. Like, obviously, you've got a couple superstars. You've got Soto, and you've got Tatis, and you've got Machado and Bogarts, all very good players. Blake Snell might win the Cy Young. He should win the Cy Young. After that, it's not a great roster. Like, Hassan Kim's okay. He's good. Uh, I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's like – It's he a lot is, of defense, though. 
No, even his his offense has really exploded this year. In, in fairness to him, he's he's got I want to say double digit home runs, like over a one ten. Yeah, you're right, thirty six steals. Yeah, okay. he's he's having a, he he had an ex explosion. I, I did look at Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim was it like a one fifteen way to run scared plus plus the defensive value. Like he's he's really good. But the problem is after him, it's it's pretty much a cliff. And you're you know it's a top heavy roster. Yeah, you, you know you need Cronenworth to rebound. Grisham to he's been trending in the wrong direction. He's a flawed player, but he's plus Miles Straw because he he's more productive offensively because of the power with the same level of defense, but worse on base skills. I don't know. It's that they're a bit of a mess, and uh, they've traded away so much through the years, and they don't really have. I, I mean, after the Guardians, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Listen, Ethan Salas is great. They've they've drafted Snelling, looks like a fantastic pick. Lesko, a great pick. Jackson Merrill was kind of viewed as a surprise pick when they took him, and and that's worked great. And all of this to say, though, is unfortunately a lot of those guys aren't available to help this year. Maybe not even next year. Uh, and you know, it they're they are set to go to $171 million, and that's not counting, I believe, arbitration and uh, 30 million of that, uh, you know, 30 million for Tatis, which is likely it will get them the 200 million. So, n- was it like uh, Nick Martinez has a $16 million option? They likely won't pick up Michael Walker has a six, they're gonna need pitching, but we go through all, all this, this to say, say yeah, yeah, you know, we're gonna say the same thing, of course, yeah. They, they don't who who are you gonna they're not trading the stars unless you're gonna sit there and give up like Logan Allen for for a year of um soto which I'm not willing to do it's like hey if you no. want to gamble a spino would you do a spino for soto would you do that gamble I'm still not sure if I want to do that gamble because if a spino works out then you've traded for one year you know, for one year like a guy who could win multiple Cy Young so it's like but and for anyone saying like oh how much can he be he's going to be valuable. He's still, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball, he's still going to be incredibly valuable. He's, but he hasn't even five yet. I do have an argument. I want to make when the season's over about next year, um, about something like that, but I'll save it for the end of the season next week. when we talk mm-hmm. about this, the only guy I'm really interested in is Austin Nola. Austin Nola, um, has, is our eligible next year. He's got two years of club control. He's 33. So he's a little older, but, uh, he did not have a great season. I think he's a contract. He's a, a at, at a place in his financial career. The Padres would move on from him. He doesn't strike out in them much. He walks. Look, he had a very miserable season offensively. He had a 38 WRC plus. That's still 48% better than what uh, Cam Gallagher did. And Nola has been a good defender in the past. He's also flexible enough where he's played some infield previously too. I'd take him as a backup. Probably wouldn't take much to get him. And he'd be a good backup coming in. Probably next free because – that's that though they could release him and save the money. They could just non tender him. So I'd still be, uh, he's played some first, some second, yeah. some third no, in the past, not extensively, but he's just, yeah. I mean, I, I talked about trying to acquire him. Um, I believe in a solo show in the off season. So it's like, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, but yeah, I, the San Diego stuff will come up and it feels like much to do about nothing. Uh, there's still not a whole lot of teams. Like I said, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with that angels team. That that's, that's, that's I would still, you know, Taylor Ward has been one of my targets for a while. We'll get into that more this offseason. Uh, that is, we didn't even, do we, we didn't get into everything I want to talk about in terms of we should point out that uh, Cleveland is up to eighth in draft pick order. And we'll mm-hmm. explain why that is very important on tomorrow's show. There is some reasons why going, getting up to that spot, getting up to eighth 
is is a huge deal and it's not just pool money that's part of it but there's a lot of things going in that we're going to point out uh so make sure you tune in to tomorrow's show as we'll talk about that and talk about the ohio cup but until then we want to thank every day like john fagan and go go guardians go